There are way more uses for your gun than defense. This week we're going to mix it up a little bit, and instead of talking about the defensive uses of guns, we're going to focus on the shooting sports, focusing on the handgun sports. So let's get to it. Hey, Scallywags, welcome to another episode of our podcast, A Pirate Talks Guns. I'm your host, John Sello. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening. If you've listened to any of my other podcasts, you know that I'm a defensive-oriented kind of guy. But that's not to say I don't enjoy the shooting sports. I compete in IDPA, Steel Challenge, Two-Gun, and Tactical Shotgun matches. And by compete, I mean I shoot in them. I'm not the guy that's out there to win or measure my abilities against other people. I shoot in competition to hone my skills, all while keeping a tactical mindset. You have to train how you're going to fight. What's allowable in matches that may save you a second here or there can get you killed on the streets. That said, I've said it before and I'll say it again and again and again and again. The only way to learn to shoot a gun is to shoot the gun. And the shooting sports will definitely have you shooting your gun. For matches that stress the basics to one that encompass everything you will ever need to be proficient to use your gun in a defensive manner, there's something for everyone, regardless of your skill level. There are shooting sports for handguns, shotguns, and rifles. Lots of them. I'm going to focus on the handgun sports today and cover the other platforms in future podcasts. I'm going to run down the most current popular handgun sports, starting with the most sedate and ending with the full throttle adrenaline pumping one. If you hear one that piques your interest, visit the sanctioning body's website to learn more about it. I've included links to all of the ones we'll talk about today in the show notes. I'm just going to give you a high-level view of each type of match without going into the rules. We'll cover four of the sports today, and this is by no means a comprehensive list of the handgun sports available. Our first contestant is Bullseye, or Precision Pistol as it is known now. Uh, This is an NRA-sanctioned event shot with one hand from a static position on static paper targets. The course determines how many shots are fired per string, distances, and times for each string. In this game, you're not going to try to beat the clock. Your goal is accuracy. As an example, if you're shooting the short course, you'll shoot it from 25 yards. Your first string will be 10 shots in 10 minutes. Your second string will be 5 shots in 20 seconds. And your third string will be 5 shots in 10 seconds. Bullseye is a great intro to the shooting sports as it doesn't require a huge investment in guns or gear. It's an excellent match to really hone the basics of grip, stance, side alignment, and trigger squeeze. Due to the fact that the match is shot from a static position, it's great for shooters who have mobility challenges. Next up at a little faster pace are Steel Challenge matches. Sanctioned by the Steel Shooting Challenge Association, or SCSA, my personal opinion is that this is absolutely the most fun match to shoot in. As in Bullseye, you shoot from a static position at static targets. Only instead of paper, the targets are steel plates. 
Each stage will have five plates, a mix of 10 inch and 12 inch diameter round plates, and 18 by 24 inch rectangles. All stages will all have the round plates, with the rectangular ones on only a few. Uh, scoring is simple. Your time is your score. You shoot each stage five times, with your worst time being thrown out. The total time for the other four runs is your time for that stage. And total time for all stages is your score for the match. The immediate feedback you get when you hit a plate is incredibly satisfying. It's why this is my favorite one to shoot. Steel Challenge will help reinforce the basic skills that Bullseye does, while also honing your target transition skills. This is another sport that doesn't require much in the way of equipment. You probably have everything you need to shoot it right now. Now that's not to say you can't spend a significant amount of your income on it if you want to. There are different equipment divisions, and if you're serious, you can sink thousands into a full-on race gun to use. If you're a concealed carrier, the next discipline is the one you need to be actively involved in. IDPA, the International Defensive Pistol Association, is a scenario-based type of match. Quoting their website, IDPA is the use of practical equipment, including full-charge service ammunition, to solve simulated, real-world self-defense scenarios using practical handguns and holsters that are suitable for self-defense use. The main goal is to test the skill and ability of an individual. Now, these scenarios are often taken from real-life encounters or are the products of the devious mind of the match director. The majority of the stages you will shoot will require movements, lots of it. You'll shoot from multiple positions at a variety of targets. IDPA uses cardboard targets and steel poppers. There will be no shoot targets that partially cover the shoot targets. There are targets that move. Some pop up and disappear. Others swing back and forth. Some run along tracks and some come at you. Some of the moving targets are partially obscured by no-shoot ones. Well, does that sound challenging enough? Well, as Ron Popeil, the man who was the king of late-night television advertising, with products the likes of the Popeil Electric Pasta Sausage Maker would say, wait, there's more. Along with all the moving around, discerning shoot from no-shoot targets and moving targets, you'll have to perform reloads while the timer is running. You may start the stage with your gun loaded to less than its capacity, or even unloaded and stowed in a desk drawer. You may be shooting one-handed as you carry something, or shooting through windows, or out of vehicles. Pretty much anything you may encounter in a real-world defensive scenario is covered. The scoring is a little more complicated than this one. The target is divided into 0, 1, and 3 zones. Hits in the zones add a corresponding number of seconds to your run times. There are also other penalties that add time to your run. Miss a target? Add 5 seconds for each hole that should have been in the target but wasn't there. Step over a fault line and shoot or not use cover? 3 second penalty. Your time plus penalties is your score for the stage. Your total time plus penalties is your score for the match. One of the many reasons IDPA is beneficial to concealed carriers is that it doesn't allow any kind of race gear.
the equipment rules are very specific as far as what type guns you can use and the modifications you can make to them. The intent is to keep the defensive part of International Defensive Pistol Association intact. There is a pistol caliber carbine division wherein you can use a carbine as opposed to the pistol. I strongly disagree with this, but it's a rant for another podcast. Your normal, everyday carry gear is what you'll use. So you get the benefit of A, practicing with the gear you use every day, and B, you get to discover what works and, more importantly, what doesn't work with your gear in a non-lethal environment. You may find that your holster is too difficult to draw from. Your magazine or speed loader holders don't keep your reloads secure under strenuous movement. Or that your belt doesn't properly support your gear. You know, all the stuff you would have found out if you had a proper training regimen. Now, IDPA shooters at the club level matches are some of the friendliest people you will encounter. If you're new to the sport, the safety officers and other shooters will gladly explain the rules to you and help you in any way they can. Since at the club level there are no prizes or money to win, it isn't the blood sport that IDPA can be at the state and regional match level. This is not to say that there aren't some serious competitors at the club level matches, but for the most part, you can expect a tremendous amount of assistance from the other shooters. I'm going to take a break for a minute here and tell you about a photographer that does some really awesome work. I'm actually getting ready to start doing video podcasts and putting them on my YouTube channel, and I'll be using a lot of video that he's provided. So give a listen and maybe look him up if you're in the area. Hey Anderson area, are you a realtor wanting to showcase your properties with video? Having a wedding or other special event you need photos of? Need a voiceover for commercials or your office phone system? If you're in the Anderson area, look no further than the Lochlore Production Group. This full-service audio and video production company has the tools and experience that will give you the product you need. Be it still photography, video, or drone photography or video, you'll be amazed at the results they provide. Again, that's the Lochlore Production Group. Contact details are in the show notes. Give them a call today at 864-245-1956. The last sport we're going to cover today is like the top fuel of handgun shooting sports, USPSA, the United States Practical Shooting Association. They have a long and storied history that is worth covering. While there's always been shooting competitions pretty much since the invention of gunpowder, USPSA and its its parent, IPSC, can truly be said to be the, the sports that brought sports shooting into the mainstream. They're the ones that pretty much determined how things are today with television coverage, sponsorships, things of that nature. They have really advanced the sport. Some very famous shooters were involved in the formation of it. If you've never heard of Jeff Cooper, Jack Weaver, or Ray Chapman, you need to read up on them. These are some of the most renowned shooters in history, and they all help shape how we employ handguns today. You've heard of the Weaver stance at least, right? 
1976, these guys founded the International Pistol Shooting Confederation, or IPSC. They established the motto, Diligencia Vis Celeritas, Latin for Precision, Power, Speed, and formulated rules regarding equipment and matches to emphasize this trinity. They developed scenario-based competitions to accurately measure the effectiveness of their own shooting techniques and equipment. The rapid shooting-on-the-move style of practical shooting gave birth to the term run-and-gun, commonly used to describe the sport. In 1984, USPSA was incorporated as the U.S. region of IPSC. The USPSA is the national governing body of practical shooting in the United States under the International Practical Shooting Confederation. In 2007, USPSA purchased the Steel Challenge and the Steel Challenge Shooting Association. So they have both of the fast, high adrenaline sports. USPSA has handgun, shotgun, rifle, and multi-gun matches. Like IDPA, USPSA uses both cardboard and steel targets. You'll see no shoots here as well as moving targets. There are three methods of scoring, and they're all a little convoluted, and the match director will have what type of scoring method will be used in the stage briefing. A match has a minimum of two stages, and they normally run around six. That being said, USPSA will give you and your gear a workout. It will test your gear's performance and test you mentally and physically. You'll get all the benefits of training that Bullseye, IDPA, and Steel Challenge give you while adding in the physical stress, to a degree, that you'd encounter in a real-life situation. The USPSA rulebook states, Practical shooting competition is a test of expertise in the use of practical firearms and equipment. Now here the USPSA, and I have a difference of opinion on what constitutes a practical firearm. Uh, by definition, many of the types of firearms are indeed practical for shooting USPSA events, but little else. You can shoot a box stock production gun or a several thousand dollar highly modified race gun. If you like to spend money on your guns and gear, this is the sport for you. If you're a concealed carrier, the more exposure you can get using your guns in a variety of situations and conditions, the better chances of your survival. Now, being able to run your gun under pressure, operating the controls without looking, rapidly reloading the gun, and target discrimination are things you need to be able to do without thinking. The basics of marksmanship always need reinforcement. Whatever it is you need to work on to advance your skill level, one of these sports can help. So why should every gun owner engage in the shooting sports? As I said, the best way to learn to shoot a gun is to shoot a gun. Doesn't matter what type of gun you have or what its intended use is, there's a shooting sport out there for you to participate in. If you're a bird hunter, if your shotgun sits in the safe between seasons, your skills are eroding. You can shoot trap, sporting clays, or skeet in the off season and keep those skills sharp and help you put birds on the table. Same goes for you riflemen out there. 
get into precision shooting in the offseason, and that buck that was out of range last year will be meat in the freezer this year. And for both the long gun types, if you want to run around and work up a sweat, there are tactical matches for carbines and shotguns. I'm actually shooting in a tactical shotgun match uh, the end of this month. And well, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. Hopefully I've lit a fire under you to explore the shooting sport that fits your style and needs. So until next time, shoot safe.